Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Jessica Benson covers Pete Davidson for Grind City Media. Joins us every single Tuesday here on the show. Catch on the Grizz Radio Network. JB, uh, first off, I congrats for an order. You know, uh, it, it finally <laughs> happened on TikTok. You finally crossed over. You know, I've been working so hard on growing my stupid TikTok for months, and all it took was a clip of Pete Davidson at the Grizzlies game at Madison Square Garden um, to get it done. 2.4 million views. Like, how does that many people care about Pete Davidson and Emily Ratajkowski? I get it. I understand celeb culture is on another level, but now I feel like if I want to continue to grow my TikTok, I have to go full paparazzi, and I just I don't have that many opportunities. Well, what do you think it goes God. into this? Because, I, I mean, look, I'm happy for you. You know, this has been a personal mission of ours to really prop right. you up and, and get that thing off the ground. But, like, the, the clip in and of itself was not really all that interesting. I mean, it was just Pete Davidson sitting next to – you know, his his friend or girlfriend or whatever, like there was nothing necessarily um, amazing about it, yet it took off. You know, why? First time out. It's, six, it's, it's a six-second clip. Like, it's so stupid. Right. It's social media. If you, if you need an example of how social media is just infinitely dumb, here it is. 2.4 million views. Like, 55,000 likes on that thing. And it's a six-second clip of a we'll call them a couple making their alleged debut for the first time in public. You know, it had been like on the down low, whatever. Pete Davidson continues to be. His dating life is just so heavily under a microscope at this point. Like it's become a phenomenon in itself. So I think that carries it. And then Emily Ratajkowski has a huge following too. You put those two together and it creates TikTok magic as I learned this week. Did you have like entertainment tonight and and folks reaching out wanting to use your you know, TMZ wanted to use no, your, they just, your stuff. Anybody they like had that? much better clips. Mine was just a very, um, I just filmed it off of my TV on the good old Valley Sports Southeast broadcast. But then other people shared, like the Knicks posted the pictures of them. And then I think whoever airs oh, the Knicks game, they showed it as well with a little bit of a clearer straight ahead image of them, like communicating and laughing. So better footage of that. But there were people who I've followed on TikTok for like, years at this point who were in my comments. And I was like, oh my God, I know you. Was it was it was it, was it, was it, was it, was it, I missed it. I hadn't so seen like, it. I thought, well, I, thought it was, I thought you were there. I didn't know it was off the TV. Was it, was Holy it, cow. yeah, it was off the TV. This is off the TV. <laughs> Crazy. What, was it mostly like, uh, like young women that were like commenting? Like, what was the breakdown here? Um, strong mix of 
young women, a lot of people, you know, like the erasure of Ben Stiller on the left. No doubt. I, that was, right. which is what so you did. That's what you did. That. Yeah. yeah, of course. On any other given night, they're the headline, right? And like Ben Stiller tweeting about John Morant. That's great. Jordan Sparks is on a PR tour right now. and She's about to release new music. You're seeing her in a bunch of spots. But just because this was like the first time that they'd been together, that's why it mattered. And they chose or their PR people chose for them for that specific Knicks game where they're playing the Grizzlies. So it felt very kismet in that moment. But then there was also like a lot of dudes in the comments who were like, who cares? Who are these people? I don't know them. Yeah, because you would not have so. just posted a video if it was like just Ben Stiller. I mean, like you would not have no. said, oh, Ben Stiller's at the Grizz yeah, game. You know, stop this. You know, right. Ben I mean, Stiller's it'd be cool. Slander. But he's, yeah, like, he's been doing it for two and, days now. And Christine Taylor. Like, come on, put respect on her ben, as well. Ben Stiller just like, that would have been a big thing in like 04, right? Ben Stiller at the Grizzlies game? Like when the Grizzlies had just yeah. freshly moved here? Peak Ben Stiller yes. in the like mid-2000s. Dodgeball. Like Zoolander, Meet the Parents, Dodgeball, Night at the Museum. Yes. All of those. Yes, no question yeah. about it. Uh, well, the Grizzlies are, are are certainly in their, you know, peak moment now, it feels like, or, or will be soon. They're building up to that. You look around the West, and, and there the Grizzlies sit, um, despite really not having you know their their full complement of, of of players. Uh, what do you make of that? That the fact that the Grizzlies are you know near the top of the West, um, despite not really having their 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 whole uh, you know unit out there. What do you make of just where they sit and, and and what you've seen so far? Yeah, I think coming off of that game at Madison Square Garden and John Morant's first triple-double of the season. Like, it's just solid energy right now. And all you could ask for the Grizzlies were for them to tread water amidst all of the rotating rotations and various players being in and out with injuries. And instead of just treading water, like, especially in the last two games, they have swammed strongly up into that upper half of the West right now. Defensively, they're getting better. It helps when you have Jaron Jackson Jr. back on the floor, certainly, and what Dylan Brooks continues to do for this defense. And then when it comes to John Morant, he's been consistently awesome through and through. And in the first half of the first quarter of the season, you saw him and Desmond Bain taking off and evolving into one of the most dynamic backcourts in the league. Now we've seen the duo of him and Jaron Jackson Jr., the high-low potential there. Now it's just a matter of getting the duo action into trio action when hopefully all three of them are on the court at the same time. So there's just a lot of reasons to be excited about this team and what it ultimately will mean for depth the second unit as this team continues to get healthier i know it's a it's you know a relatively small sample size but does it feel like to you we're seeing an evolution perhaps for jaron offensively just in terms of what he can do around the basket i know he's been you know that's sort of been a process but what i've liked is 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 the games where you know again you're getting easy opportunities on second chance baskets you're following your shots it just seems like there's so much more there does it you know first time what 20 plus 20 plus points last four games he's done that in his career um, what do you think of what we're seeing with Jaron offensively absolutely and i think even though it's a small sample size because of what you just said for the first time in his career it's four straight games having 20 plus points so it feels like you're seeing a more aggressive Jaron, a bigger Jaron, someone who's just continued to grow into his big body. He's still so young, and the muscle that he's put on, I know, you know I think it was last season when he was like, oh, did he grow another inch? Maybe he did, and it's just ultimately him finding his way on the court and really truly understanding what it means to be a walking mismatch night in and night out and to look more to scoring the basketball. I thought even in that follow-up where he missed the three against the Knicks on Sunday and followed it up and went in there and dunked it in, yeah. like, 
that's just, it's the little moments like that where it feels like a different Jaron. It feels like a Jaron who is way more interested in contributing on an offensive level, similarly to what he's already giving you on the defensive side of things as one of the premier shot blockers in the league. When you look around the West, you know, I think we went into this season, you know, believing Golden State was, was going to come. And look, they're capable at any time of, of figuring it out. They haven't yet. But how many teams in the West as of today do you truly feel like you know, are, are threats to the Grizzlies? Is it, is, it, is it two? Is it three? Like, what's that list look like for you in terms of, you know, the Grizzlies' peers here? Yeah, it's super weird right now. I mean, just in terms of what we thought this season was going to look like in the West and how dramatically different it has been thus far, I think you have to give respect cred to the Suns. They've looked solid, and because of their recent history, uh, you assume that they're built in a way where they could – emulate that once again but it certainly doesn't feel like they're a clear runaway either with the west and then you have the clippers who have looked weaker than expected the nuggets have looked weaker than expected you have the pelicans sitting up there towards the top right now and full of potential but the grizzlies just beat them by 20 points the other night and and yes new orleans was without cj mccollum and brandon ingram got hurt Um, but still it just doesn't feel like there is a, a bona fide leader in the conference which is why it's so exciting for the grizzlies to be in the position that they're in I feel like, I wonder if you're here too, Jess, that if you can get whole, even getting Bane back, I think matters in this. But we've seen it with Dylan where he's, he, he, he is the ultimate two-way guy for you. And defensively, he's, he's guarding the other team's best guy, whether that's you know, De'Aaron or sometimes Zion, who, whoever you've got out there. It just feels like to me, I mentioned this with my guy saying, like this is perhaps the year where Dylan gets that you know, all-defensive team, all-defensive all all team nod. Uh, the Celtics last year, I think, had Smart and Williams first and second team. Does this feel like a year to you where maybe you could get them both, Dylan and Jaron, maybe in a way like that? I, I, I hate to ask for both on the first team. That's probably asking too much. But don't you think if you can get them both on the floor and for a long enough stretch they keep their health or whatever else, that we could be looking at the two of them both making it? Yes, absolutely. And when it comes to the Grizzlies, continuing to lean into that defensive identity. Like, those are your two anchors in that. So, certainly, if the Grizzlies end up being, yet again, a top-five defense in the NBA this year and your two stars on that group are Dylan and Jaron, I think they have the potential there. And you've seen it in the early returns. Like, you just pointed out, the versatility of Dylan Brooks just continues to – we're so used to it here, but the difference of a De'Aaron Fox versus a Zion Williamson and what he was able to do in the opening minutes of that game against the Pelicans that really – put the stamp on the tone of the entire thing. It's such a, it's a rarity, and it's one of the reasons why he continues to be so valuable for this Grizzlies team. We're talking to Jessica Benson, uh, host of Rise and Grind. Catch on the Grizz Radio Network right here on 92 FM ESPN. All right, going to turn you to some other topics. Um, if you were, and it's a tough ask, I know, but if you were Laird Veach, what is the message you would be trying to send to your fan base about a return here that, that has now been you know, reported as, as happening with Ryan Silverfield? What, what's the right tone? A tone of consistency and stability, and sometimes you're better off with what you know versus new terrain and the grass is not always greener. I mean, those are a ton of cliches. <laughs> you can buy into whichever one that you want. I don't think anyone wants to try to frame this football season as anything other than a disappointment, not, not the most fun in the world, but if you have your head coach coming back, if you have Seth Hennigan choosing to, as it appears and reports to be, 
coming back for another year next year. You do have stability there, and that's something to be said in a very much changing American Athletic Conference where, by all means, Memphis should be able to retake control of this conference, and so that's where you want to put all of the energy. I think it's really tough right now, and you know, losing the regular season on a pick in the end zone to SMU after it looked like maybe you could sneak in one more win, it doesn't sit great, but it's better than a losing season, I guess. Should Memphis like that sounds so sad? No, well, I mean <laughs> so cool. it, it, it is, and I think it all comes back to you know ambition, and uh, you know is it a thing where you you knowing you know what you know and having been here and you've sort of seen the highs and lows of Memphis football, like do you think they should still try to find that ambition, um, or, or or do you think that you know it's understandable? you know, how browbeaten they are given the circumstances around conference realignment. Like, do you think they should still try, strive to be what they were? Can they be that? Or do you think there should be a level of acceptance uh, based on what's happened in college athletics? I think you have to consistently stay ambitious because you have no idea what the ultimate landscape of college football is going to look like. How far does expansion go? What does the division one landscape look like ultimately when all is said and done? Is this a matter of a couple teams in the group of five getting left out down the stretch who don't get included in like big boy football? You just never know where it's going. And so you want to remain one of the premier quote unquote premier programs within the group of five. And so because of that, you have to keep breathing life. But I also understand, you know, the opposite side of that is the frustration of you were left out again. And it doesn't feel like at least in the immediate future, there is a whole lot of hope expansion wise for Memphis to find a home outside of the American athletic conference. So you really have to kind of dig deep and find that internal pressure on yourself to be the best in the situation that you're in right now. So that maybe five years down the road, I mean, it could be even 10 years down the road. You aren't left out ultimately on the outside looking in yet again will Auburn be a contender now that Hugh Freeze is the football coach I'll ask it that way Jess what's what's coming for Auburn heavy sigh (laughs) uh probably Uh, Hugh Freeze is a proven football coach he's a proven coach who beat Nick Saban two years in a row and at Auburn that's really what matters and being able to compete in the SEC and having you know gone the rounds at, at Liberty at Arkansas State previously has been all over the place and Ultimately, he probably will find a way to win, and I'm aware that that is all that matters in the SEC. But I must say, from a just sheer frustration standpoint, it is a little frustrating to watch Hugh Freeze once again. We all knew it was going to happen. It felt inevitable. Um, But for that to happen yesterday amidst everything that's happened, and and not just a matter of using university-paid cell phones back in the day to solicit certain services, but what happened at Liberty this past summer with the sexual assault allegations with a couple of football players and Hugh Freeze sliding into the DMs of one of the accusers. That's not a good look, and it goes back to everything else. But ultimately, your question was, will he win? And I think he probably will. Revenge game on uh, – is it this Friday? It is. It is. The Grizzlies have a game at the same time. And oh, I'm no. Devastated. I know. Oh, I know it's tough. no. Uh-huh. That's brutal. Yep. It sure is. So while the Grizzlies take on the Sixers, I will have my attention split with mm. USC Utah on my computer. You expect a win, don't you? Uh, yes. Coming off of last weekend, you know, when we talked last week, coming off of the UCLA win, I had allowed my hopes and dreams to evolve to a, a little more legitimate level. And then what they were able to do 
to Notre Dame, Caleb Williams having his Heisman moment, uh, all of that looks to put the Trojans in a place where they can get revenge on Utah. And listen, going back to that game in Salt Lake City, I was there. I happened to attend the one USC loss of the year, so maybe it's a good thing. That's right. That there's no way I can make it to the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas. But that game had so much emotion with it. Rice Eccles is a tough place to play, but on top of that, Utah was honoring two of its That's right. fallen football That's players. Right. And so it just kind of felt like one of those yes. everything falling into mm-hmm. place for Utah to win. I'm excited for this matchup a second time around. Here's my question. Like, I, I will never... I will never fall down the, the the trap of thinking a Pac-12 team could 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 win, you know, a, a championship. That's good. That's, that's you know, smart thinking. They can't. They can't do that. But, Until we see it happen someday. But, well, yeah. you know, you know, we won't. We won't because you guys are going to the Big Ten anyway. So it's like, and, and, and you're the best chance that the Pac-12 has. But how close do you think? I mean, it, the the idea of Caleb Williams running around that Georgia defense. I mean, it, it it's it, it is intriguing. How close can they keep it? it feels closer than it's ever felt. And the thing that really inspired me in the Notre Dame game was, yes, Caleb Williams was phenomenal, and he's running east, west, north, south, everywhere in between and just making incredible plays. But it didn't just come down to, all right, USC once again is riding on the back of Caleb Williams for a win. I thought the offensive line and defensive lines looked dominant for really the first time this season. And you have backup running back Austin Jones, who has just been Blended. Like when Travis Dye went down, the Oregon transfer, and he was really one of the heartbeats of the USC offense, it felt like that was a potential soul sucker for this USC team. And instead, it's been next man up mentality, and this offense just churns in such an exciting and electrifying way. They'll put points on the board. It's just a matter of defensively, that's been the question all year, looked better against Notre Dame. They've been so opportunistic with turnovers. If you can get a couple of those, it feels like they really could at least have a chance to make it close. Jess, you are the best. Appreciate your time as always. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.